Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast supported by our friends at Blue Collar Street Food. And we've come to our final game of a very up and down year, 2020. We'll talk about that. Um, to join me today, we, we're going to discuss the Swansea Swansea game. Uh, we had a nil-nil draw away at Swansea today. Uh, we're joined by Alex. Hello, Alex. Evening, Eric. And we're joined by Matt. Hello, Matt. Evening, Eric. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a, a, a drab affair almost at times, although there were a fair few chances. We'll get on to the game, but I think a nil-nil draw, um, which is probably a fair result, Alex. What do you think? Uh, yeah, Swansea had a lot of chances, um, certainly, and Raphael had an excellent game, kept us in it. Uh, we had a couple of good chances ourselves, and it's difficult to say that we we should have got on to win the game, but certainly a point doesn't seem like a, a hugely unfair result given given the way we played and um, definitely very happy with the point. Yeah, also worth pointing out before the game, we, we looked at the record against Swansea, Matt, and we've not had a lot of success against Swansea. Uh, how are you feeling before the game? Yeah, no, I think saying that we've not had a lot of success is putting it quite kindly, I think. <laughs> Too yeah. many bad memories against them, um, spanning back quite a few years. But yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, you know, you always hope it's going to be the year to, uh, that, that, that you break break that chain. But yeah, no, with, with, with the injuries, you know, we still had, you know, we heard obviously news of, um, uh, what was it, Zhao um, missing out or not travelling and, the minute you heard that, you started thinking, "Oh God, if we can get a draw, I'd be very happy." You know, a nil-nil, no, um, nil-nil clean sheet would have taken that all day before the game. So, yeah, I was very content with it by the end. Yeah, and onto the starting lineup, we had one change. We brought Elise back in. Elise, um, sorry, I should get used to saying that. Brought Elise in for Aluko. Um, and and it was also pointed out before the game, Swansea had the best defensive record in the uh, the top four divisions, along with Manchester City, only twelve goals conceded. So, was it always going to be difficult to to score, Alex, without our kind of main strikers playing? I mean, it's been difficult over the last few weeks, anyway, hasn't it? We haven't exactly been free flowing football and and scoring tons of goals going forwards. I mean, we've had what two against Luton, and outside that, it's been kind of a bit of a drab drab kind of month really since probably what the Sheffield Wednesday game at the start of December so um, yeah it's it was always going to be difficult I guess to look to see us score a lot of goals uh, even though Elise came in um, it, you weren't really thinking that we were going to go on and, and create masses and masses of chances for open play um, and I think that probably kind of bore out in, in the game really um, Aluka being dropped was maybe a little bit of a surprise. He he did play quite well on Boxing Day against Luton, and um, to see him be the one to drop out was perhaps a little bit, a little bit surprising. And it wouldn't have wouldn't have shocked me if it had been maybe Ajaria to drop out instead, um, just to kind of give a bit of rotation to the squad. So, uh, but yeah, I think Elise came in and 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 did very well today. And, and I mean Sky must have mentioned the fact that he's one of the best players in the championship probably about 85 times today so and they're uh, right <laughs> they are right exactly yeah and uh you know it's it it's definitely good to see him getting the credit he, he deserves yeah the the other really good news was that Omar Richards was back on the on the bench Matt do you think we missed him yeah yeah no absolutely and I think even even when he came on at the end it's just 
it's just reassuring knowing knowing that he's there. You know, McIntyre, he's done a good job at left back, but he's not left back. You know, and you saw it a couple of times in the game when he gets gets caught out. It's just reassuring knowing that players are coming back. Even seeing Swift on the bench again, you know, um, hopefully he'll be you know coming in to start. Hopefully, um, you know, in the coming games, and you know we can start to get Zhao back, and we can start you know looking at a half decent squad again coming into January, where we can hopefully bring a bit of depth. And you know, it's just knowing that we've got players on the way back at least, you know, and we've kind of ridden the injury wave while still being around the top six. You know, we finished tonight with two points above um, above seventh, you know, and we've still got our best players to come back. So, you know, I think that's, that's been massive. That's been the biggest thing, I think. And, and probably pretty far away from where we all thought we would be at the start of the season, Alex. Oh, certainly, yeah. The expectations I, I can't imagine many people had playoffs in mind when uh, when Paunovic came in, in what a week, ten days before the start of the season. Playoffs were probably quite a long way from people's minds. So um, it, it's definitely good to see us up there, and it, it feels like they are they are showing that it's not a fluke as well. They're they're definitely showing that you know they they do deserve to be in that top six top six and, and top six conversation at, at the very least and. You know, if if they can perform in any kind of way to a slightly higher standard than they have for the last kind of month or so, uh, when we've had these injuries in the next, you know, next two or three months, and, and put some any any kind of run together, there's no reason that we couldn't end the season finishing in that top six spot. Yeah, onto the game. I mean, there's only so much you can say uh, about a nil-nil draw, but to be fair, there were a fair few chances. Uh, in the game, most of them from uh, from Swansea. So in the first half, I think the main threat was mainly Andre Ayew, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah. You know, he was another one that I think Sky Sports I think mentioned every uh, every other uh, ten seconds, quite frankly. <laughs> but I mean, he's a quality player. You know, um, his, his his movement in the box, he makes he makes things happen at the end of the day for him. And he he did today. He was their main main driving force whenever the ball came into him. You know. I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit worried. You know, um, when you got a player like that, you can make a chance out of nothing. But I think, to be fair, I think the defence contained them all quite well. You know, they had they had chances, they had shots, but didn't have a huge amount of clear cut chances. You know, they still only had you know a, a couple of you know decent chances that you'd say that you'd say really or you'd define. I think all, all the others were you know half chances and and. So I think a lot of credit has to be given on on that front, but but yeah, you know the main the main point was to neutralise him and Jamal Lowe as well because Jamal Lowe coming into it has been unbelievable for him, and to be fair, neutralised him very well as well. I thought so. Yeah, I think, I'm not I sure think, if I agree on the on the half chances, Alex. What, what do you think? Because we, yeah, we, we had there was an overhead um, kick, there was a a centre half who kind of half volleyed from six yards out where he had pretty much an open goal. There was a couple of headers from RU. Uh, in I think the perhaps, half, yeah, in the first half, I think perhaps Matt's point is maybe a little bit more valid. Um, the, 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 they weren't necessarily open goal chances and, and guaranteed, guaranteed. But um, yeah, I think they opened us up a little bit more than perhaps you'd want to be uh, like testing the goalkeeper. Um, I mean, I used bicycle kick. What was it, fifteen minutes in or so? And yeah. if that if that had gone in, it would have been a fantastic finish. Um, he he got a proper connection on it, and probably quite unfortunate really to to have knocked it over. Um, and Gway's chance from the corner, it they they mentioned it in the commentary around the zonal marking, and 
a lot of there was a lot of reaction straight after on social media around oh I don't like zonal marking. Reading have been very good from set pieces generally. I think defensively this year. I mean, correct me if you think I'm wrong, um, but I, I think we've been relatively solid from set pieces. So I'm not going to worry too much about one chance being given up. But it's that was probably like a, a big golden opportunity that they should have they should have taken there. Um, the chance of the game, wouldn't you say? The yeah, great one. definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we actually had um, on 19 minutes, we probably had an almost equally as good a chance. It was a, a cross from Elise and a, and a McIntyre volley, Matt. Did you think it was going in? Um, yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, but, I mean, you just want if, – if, if that chance falls to, you know, um, one of your attacking players, it probably goes in. You know, if that if that falls to a Zhao or a Mato, that's probably in the back of the net. It's fallen to McIntyre. He's done a very good job with it. Um, it's quite close to the keeper still, yes. But, I mean, you know, it's a it's a very, very good chance. Um, but good good save. And it's just, it's just disappointing, yeah, because yeah, I thought it was in. I think most people did, to be fair. I think one thing for one thing to note from that chance is it, it's really nice to see how inventive we are at set pieces. All of a sudden, yeah. Mm. It, all of these uh, that chance tonight came from a you know a, a free kick which was knocked across and then knocked back to Elise before he put it into the box and it looked like another worked free kick similar to the the goal we scored against Luton on sat, uh, Saturday on Boxing Day. Um, and it's good to see that there's a bit of invention going on in in these set pieces and it's not just kind of the standard. Oh, we're just going to knock it into the box with four four players up there and send our centre-backs up and hope for the best. There actually seems to be some kind of like plan and idea as to kind of how we're going to, how we're going to attack the ball there. I think yeah, one of the and, really good things is, sorry, ahead, no, I think, I think, I think one of the really good things as well is how good almost we are getting from set plays as well. I know, I think we're one of the, I think we're the second best from set piece at the moment. And some of Elise's balls into the box, even tonight were absolutely stunning, especially towards the end of the game as well. You know, the fact that we've, we've still got this threat, because at the moment, to be fair, there are best chances from scoring, you know, when we've not got, you know, the likes of, um, uh, you know, Mate Zhao, Puskas, um, you know, all the attacking players in the team, realistically, there are best chances to score. And the fact that, you know, we're, we're continuing to do so well from them. like like Alex says, come up with inventive ways as well to to play them in, not just straight from set plays, you know, creative stuff. Yes, they might not come off all the time, but it's it's really, really good to see. And you can see a lot of work's going in on the training ground on that as well, which is again really nice to see. Yeah, and do we do we think McIntyre's getting a bit of a, a taste for goal? Because in the second half, I think again he was probably the one with the best chance of reading a, a header on eighty three minutes. What do you think, Alex? Uh yeah, I mean he had that chance and he had a shot from outside the area as well. Uh, what was it, like five, six minutes before that, I think? Um, yeah. It definitely seems like he's all of a sudden he's got one and it's there. Now, now you've got a taste for it and he's got to go and get another one. That's an EASAP. So, it, it, I mean, hopefully he does. If you've got, you know, another another defender who's able to pop three, four goals in a season, that all helps in terms of picking up extra points. Yeah, I think Michael Morrison is the... Is, is, uh... The, the probably the, the most dangerous defender usually. So if anybody else could pop up, that would be would be handy. But speaking of the second half, I mean, most of the, the chances aside from that one was probably on the Swansea side, Matt, again. Yeah, yeah, no, and to be, to, to be fair, I say, you know, we limited them to a few clear-cut, clear-cut chances. To be fair, I, I still, in the second half, I did think it was a matter of time until they were going to score. I said it at the time. Um, but I mean... 
I can only think of a couple of really good chances that, that they did get, to be fair. You know, like, yes, they had, you know, there was a lot of pressure. But, I mean, you know, we, we were still getting the blocks in. We were still defending really well, which, to be fair, you need to do when you're on the road anyway. You know, you've got, you will have to defend like that at times. It's just nice seeing that again, because obviously our defence has been quite lapsical, really, over the last few weeks and months, really. You know, when you look at it, it's just nice seeing that still coming back into the team like we saw back at the start of the season when you know we're almost thinking when are we gonna can or you know like when is the next goal we're gonna concede you know you didn't think we were gonna concede at the start of the season and it's almost like now you, you're kind of thinking where's the next error coming from and it just wasn't wasn't really there tonight yeah I'm, I'm, i know two chaps that really like to criticize Raphael. So <laughs> here's your chance to make amends alex what did you think of Raphael tonight man of the match surely yeah, Raphael was man of the match. Uh, and how Lee Hendry's given it to Andre Ayo is a travesty. Um, it, it doesn't 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 make up for the fact he's made errors, but tonight, absolutely you know, fantastic performance and he's he's one reading that point tonight, no doubt about it. And if if he plays like that every week, we'd, we'd be a top six side like I, I think without a doubt in my mind, I think we'd be a top six side at the end of the season. Um you know it, it, that it, that was a really really top performance, and uh, you know all credit to him because he's had a lot of critics over the last few weeks. I count myself in that number, and uh, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna want to silence your critics, you're gonna have to put in performances like that, and and that's the best way to best way to shut people like me up, really. Yeah, and if if, if you think you're a critic, Mr. Lansley, you you love a dig at <laughs> Raphael. What did you think today? Well, no, I don't like to dig at him. I just point it out when it happens. Like, I can't. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not having that at all, Matt. We've had it before where, where he's made great saves and you said the ball's hit, hit straight at him and stuff like that. But tonight he made I some mean, great yeah. saves, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, tonight t- tonight he really had a had, had a very good game. You know, you can't say any, any other ways. And I think I'll leave my comments on Lee Hendry to one side as well as a pundit and a commentator anyway. Um, but yeah, how he's not got man of the match there is ridiculous really it's it's unbelievable because he had you know like alex said he won us the points you know and if he if he does that i'd love to see him do that for the rest of the for the rest of the season absolutely you know we saw him do it on a relatively consistent basis last year um you know but if if he can keep keep that up it's just it's just if he can keep it up you know hopefully he can because tonight he was sensational yeah Another player that sort of caught my eye a little bit was actually John Swift when he came back into the team. He came off the bench, and uh, I thought he he added something to the side. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, especially in that last kind of ten minutes, we looked much more kind of in control, and, and it, Swift gave us a, just a different option going forwards, which for the remainder of that second half we just didn't have. We were very very much camped in our own own box, but. Once Swift came on, it did look like we were able to kind of bring the ball out a bit, and that a lot of that was down to him kind of controlling the ball in the centre of the park and, and bringing it forwards. And it's really, really good to see him back. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that he'll be able to be kind of back in the first eleven ASAP because I think he he just he's a creator, isn't he? And that's kind of what we've been maybe not lacking in terms of like creativity, but we've just been lacking someone to play that final ball into a into a striker's feet yeah I was, I was going to kind of bring this point up because we play with with sam Baldock up front and he has one really good run into the box in behind the defense and back heels it to Samedo. but what why aren't we why aren't we playing to sam Baldock's strengths match you think well why don't we try and do that more often 
I don't know because it baffles me. It, it baffles me. I said it during the game. It's like it's it's fine lumping the ball up to up up top when you've got Jout Tom when you've got Yak up front, even Puskas because he's six foot plus, you know, or even crossing the balls in because you know it, it's fine. They've got a chance to win the ball, but punting it long to to Bulldog, he's not got a chance. He, he the defender doesn't even need to jump, and you know he's the defenders won the ball you know he's six foot nine six foot ten whatever he is and the defenders are six foot whatever like he's never going to win balls like that so why we keep trying to punt it long to him punt it long it's just not going to work you know he doesn't even jump half the time so there's no point really you know um but yeah why why, why we don't probably the which well, I, I i wouldn't say it's not the players on the pitch um i'd, I'd almost say it's just it, it's a little bit on Bulldog, I think, because he's not quite the player he used to be. I said it as well during the game to uh, uh, to my mates who I was watching it with. Um, he's just not quite the player he used to be. There's there's the odd really clever run that you see, but for every really clever run you see, you see two, three that he doesn't make. Um, so I'd almost be inclined to look to start with Aluko up top next game if Zhao and that aren't fit, because I think Aluko, when he's actually come in and played up top, like, at Brentford at the weekend as well. Um, he, he he's actually done an okay job, really, when he's come in and played up top. Um, so, but I, I, it's it's a difficult one with him because because he'll he'll run his socks off. He'll run and run and run till till the cows come home. But it's just not working for him, sadly. So, yeah. What, what do we think of Pauno's tactics, Alex? There were some subs, and we, we ended up obviously with Luco up front and. He hasn't got a lot of options, does he? At the moment? No, and I, this is one of the issues with people saying, you know, don't play Bulldog and play Melvin Lambert or something. But I just, what's Melvin Lambert going to do, or what's Onan going to do, or what, like, what is anyone, what is any of these strikers going to do playing up front on their own in what is going to be their first league start or maybe their second league appearance? It, it's a very difficult kind of um, role to play when the the squad is quite not weak necessarily but it's quite injury hit you're missing mate you're missing swift i mean swift's back now you're missing richards on the left um you're missing yeardom on the right there's a lot of uh, there's a lack of kind of i guess good maybe good players is wrong but like there's a lack of uh senior players perhaps senior player thank you senior players there's a lack of senior players who are able to kind of pull the ball forwards and, and create the opportunities that a striker. And if you're putting like a, a 17, 18 year old striker up there, who's not played any league football before, what, like what, I just don't, I don't, I feel, I, I feel like Pano's kind of just tied himself into his, into his tactics. And then there isn't any real option for him, except just to put Bulldog up there um, or play a false nine in with a Luco. But I think it's the same. You get the same result really at the end of the day. So yeah, also made out like we did against Norwich. Yeah, I don't think any of them really in that game. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really think any of them work necessarily. But it's that's just kind of what Pano set himself up for. So it's we kind of just have to live with it until Zhao or Mate are back, unfortunately, or yeah. you know, or we go out and sign someone on the first of January. Yeah, and Matt, do we think Ajaria's performances have, have, have suffered from, through the lack of kind of that outlet where he can go and find? A striker, uh, a mate, a, a Joao. Yeah, I, I think it's a contributing factor, but there's 
there was times today when I mean the where, where we had counterattacks, and I was almost thinking as we watched it, I was watching some of the slowest counterattacks I think I'd ever seen. You know, which he Ajari needs to get better at. Uh, there's no getting around that side of things. He needs to get better at his running at players. You know, he doesn't need to stop every time and try and beat a player five times before he goes past him. Just take him straight on. You know, he's got he's got to turn a pace. You know, he's not the slowest player. Just just run run at run at people. You know, which he he needs to do. Has he? suffered from you know the likes of Richards and that being out and not having you, you know a proper striker absolutely even Swift in the team because you know you saw it at the weekend against Brentford when he comes when he comes on Swift he changes the game he comes on today and he you know he makes things happen that's the thing about Swift he'll get on the ball he'll dictate the play he might even come deep you know he, he's he's a player that I think you know a Sam Baldock still might actually do quite well in a team if he's in the team because he might he might be able to you know find the pass to him but I th- it's a difficult one with the Jari because he, he's he's having a bit of a just a just a rough patch I think at the moment because he's not he's not really doing a lot um, really when he's actually on the pitch apart from slowing a lot of attacks down which maybe needs a break from the team because he's had obviously quite a few back to back games um, maybe it will come when players come back I hope it does um, so but it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the next few weeks I think yeah and, and contrary to that if we look for something a bit more sort of positive. Um, one big positive for me is, is Tom Holmes. I mean, he was keeping Estevez out at right back. He's now come in to, to fill in for Liam Moore. And he's playing against Jamal Lowe and Andre Ayew, who are a formidable championship strike partnership, Alex. He, he was probably one of our better players tonight, and he, he has been throughout the last few games. Yeah, Tom Holmes has been fantastic at centre-back um, and left-back and right-back this season. You know, he's he's really kind of filled in the gaps nicely. And and I can I can imagine that there being a scenario where Reading look to try and tie him down to a longer term contract in the next kind of few months before the end of this season. I think he's on a deal for another two two and a half years until the end of 2022. But um, I can imagine them wanting to try and tie him down and, and get him to stay for a longer time. His his performances have been really good. Uh, it, they're very consistent, and he's you know he's improving as well. That's the that's the good thing. Uh, we mentioned it on the Boxing Day. Boxing Day edition of the show around the fact that he's just very consistent. Um, he's never going to put in a nine out of ten performance, but I mean, it's very rare to see him make a, a massive mistake as well. So, yeah, I've been really impressed with Tom Holmes, and uh, you know, long may it continue that he stays in in and around that that first eleven at the minute um, while we've got injuries at the back. Do you think he could be a long term replacement for Michael Morrison, Matt? It's a good question. Um, I certainly, I certainly think so. Um, he, he's he's not showing anything at the moment that that should say otherwise. To be honest, you know, every performance he's he's putting in, to be fair, at the moment is very consistent. Does he get out jump for for the header in the second half? Possibly, but but on the whole, he's had a very very good game and very very good season, really. You know, um, but it's. I, I, I think I think he does to be honest. You, you know, I can't I can't really say or see anything where he's where he's not. You know, um, so yeah, yeah, no, it, I, I completely agree. It will be interesting to see long term which of McIntyre and Holmes ends up maybe playing, not only playing more for Reading, but also which player is going to leave a longer impact at Reading. I think Holmes. I really think Holmes. To be honest, at the moment. It'd be interesting to see for sure. Uh, another thing coming up to think about is the transfer window. And I mean, Sky did not fail to 
to mention Michael Elise and his supposed uh, his supposed release clause, Alex. So, do we think there's any truth to that, or do we think it's the famous Sky sources that are talking? And what do you think of Elise tonight? I mean, he had one sort of counter attack where he got hacked down, but he potentially held the ball too long. But he also then had a couple of good crosses for um, for McIntyre. Yeah, set piece delivery, fantastic once again. Uh, his his set piece delivery is is easily the best in our squad and definitely should be definitely should be on all of our free kicks and and, and uh, corners at the Even moment. Over thrift? <laughs> yes, uh, I mean maybe not direct free kicks. I guess I, I don't really recall seeing many at least direct free kicks yet, so I'm not not sure. But um, certainly for like deliveries into the box, I would probably take at least over swift at the moment um in terms of yeah his counter attack today was probably his only kind of maybe negative should have should have maybe seen the run from i think he had Semedo on his right and i want to say Estevez on his left Estevez he definitely should have released the ball that was a big big opportunity in the first half and um you know we we should have we should have done something with that. We, I think it was three on one at that point, so that yeah. was that was a little frustrating to see that he didn't didn't have that vision there. But um, yeah, and I mean on the subject of the release clause, is it true? Who knows? Sky sources generally just seem to be kind of you know the internet nowadays. Who are not really uh, don't really put too much stock into Sky sources anymore. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I really hope it's not because you know it's going to be a travesty if Reading only managed to get eight million pounds for him when we all know that frankly if he goes anywhere else he's going to be worth three times as much as that in you know the space of him space of uh space of the ink drying on his contract so <laughs> I hope not is the answer yeah I think Sky Saucer said slightly above the eight million that's been quoted so if that's 10 million surely a club will come along and, and snatch at that looking at the stats map yeah, um, I do kind of think it's, uh, it, is, isn't it the release clause as well that is in a football manager as well? So I think, <laughs> I think That's someone might have, football uh, manager, yeah. Yeah, so I think, <laughs> I think someone might have just uh, seen that and um, tried to whip up a bit of a media story. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't see it to be honest. I can't see it being as low as that. And like Alex says, I think even if it's just above, if it's 10 million, it's still ridiculous, really. Um, you know, maybe Reading should try and, you know, time down to two or three more years, put a release clause in there, whatever they want to put in there. Um, but release clauses are always dangerous fish to be playing with, to be honest, because um, you can never tell what's going to happen in the future, especially with a young player. I think I think one thing with... Uh, I know everybody wants to, you know, tie players down to long-term deals when they're, you know, playing well and got potential and stuff, but there's not really much benefit to a lease signing with Reading at the minute. Um, from his point of view, you mean? From his point of view, yeah. There's not much yeah. benefit to him signing with us. I think, what has he got? Is, is it a year left on his contract after this yeah. this season? Yeah, there's a year and a half he, now, yeah. I mean, what, there's no benefit to him being here in 18, after 18 months' time. And we know that. He knows that. The, club the benefit would be, I suppose, is a hefty pay rise if Reading can convince him. Yeah, but that, I mean, outside of that, like, what's... What, Outside of that, when we we know he's going to get a Premier League move, don't we? In in six months' time, if he wants one, 
Um, and if he doesn't sign a deal and he and Reading say, oh, we're not going to sell you, then he knows in a year's time he's going to get an even bigger rise because he's going to be a free yeah. agent. So you, you say six months, Alex. I'm worried about one month. <laughs> yeah, well, one month is uh, is is definitely another thing, another thing altogether. But uh, I don't see. I don't think there's any benefit to at least signing a new deal. Unfortunately for us, it's not going to. We're not going to. There's no way we'll see him here next season. I just can't can't see a scenario where that happens unless you know. God forbid he gets like a terrible injury, which puts him out for the rest of the year or something. Um, and could go some way to sorting out our financial fair play problems. It, yeah, I mean, it could do, definitely. Uh, and if if, that, if selling a lease is going to pay off even a, a third of the debt, which Reading have managed to find themselves in over the last 10 years, then that's definitely a, um, definitely a positive. Yeah, it's not the biggest one, though, if we're in the Premier League. Then he'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, I think we'll always for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so that, that's that's got to be the number one scenario, right? Yeah. If you, if you look at where we were at the start of 2020, we're we're coming up to to the end of 2020. I mean, overall, we got to be looking up, right? We got to be looking positive, and I think um, we we are in a discussion for a playoff place, Matt, towards the end of the season. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it's been one of the refreshing things about this whole year really in review really because you know Mark, Mark Bowen came in at, at the start of the year obviously he's steady the shit fair play to him put the foundations in um, obviously probably got cut off a little bit too early but Pauno's come in and yeah if you'd have said sixth by the end of the year I would have snapped your hand off you know I think any sane Reading fan would have you know even with the most optimistic head I don't think he would have even placed us in the top six to be honest um, you know at the start of the season so the fact the fact that we're even contending for it with the injuries we've had to deal with as well that's it massive massive well done has to be said to you know Paunovic and his team how he's how he's got us competing competing on a weekly basis kept us competitive whilst we've had you know an unbelievable injury crisis really with all of our players gone it's very good job all round really yeah, and that brings us on nicely. We we have got a 2020 review that we're going to be doing. Um, Matt, you're not invited. Me, I'm not invited. Alex, you're going to be on a 2020 review with Paul and a special guest. Who's who's going to be on? Uh, I believe it is Mr. Eddie Williams joining us. So Paul, gonna crack, Reading crack. FC skipper. So that's a great lineup right there. Looking forward crack, to that one. Uh, when open you a beer and listen to that. that one, Alex. Uh, it should be out in time for everybody's New Year's party tomorrow night. So you know, New Year's lack of party. Yep, get 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 that one on your get that one on your phone tomorrow night and uh, crack open a beer and, and join us for New Year. So that'll be that'll be one for the uh, one for the New Year's parties definitely. Brilliant. Looking forward to that one. Well, thanks very much, gents. And yeah, hopefully you all join in and listen to the 2020 review podcast with Alex, Paul, and Ad Williams. And we'll uh, speak to you guys soon. Have a happy New Year. <laughs>